Welcome, welcome, welcome to Justin Herbst Podcast Wrestling Episode 2. Um, today I have a special guest coming in. You might know him uh, as the announcer and um, the ring announcer and the commentator for various wrestling promotions across the Midwest. Jim Desmond, he works for Freelance Underground, All American Wrestling. Freelance Wrestling, and Zello Pro Wrestling. So the man wears many hats. But that interview is going to be at 4 o'clock. So I figure I might as well talk about wrestling for the next 25 minutes before I get Jimmy on the line. So what's been going on? Well, on Raw, we have, um, you know, Randy Orton taking on Drew McIntyre. And let me give you my thoughts on Randy Orton, okay? Randy Orton is really good, but only when he's really motivated. Do I think he's one of the top 50 wrestlers in the world? Absolutely, I do. But the man talks in a very monotone-like voice, and I feel like... He only caters to a specific niche audience, you know. And, um, you know, that RKO can be hit out of nowhere, you know. And the stalling DDT and the power slam, that's typical Randy Orton moves. They're explosive. And when Randy Orton's motivated, he can go. I'm not denying the fact that that dude can go. But only when he's motivated. And his delivery on his promos, very cold, very monotone. But anyway, let me get past that and let me talk about this feud with Drew McIntyre. Now, apparently, Randy Orton kicks the dude three times in the head, concussion pumps, and he wants the WWE Championship because... He's a heel, so obviously that's what he wants. So uh, Drew McIntyre comes back the next week, and Claymark kicks the dude three times. So I'm thinking three for three on either side here, and it's pretty much even Steven. But going into the Magic Clash of Champions, as is any case with Randy Orton, my attitude is... Meh. Not that I don't think it's going to be a good match. I think it might be three to four stars maybe. But the only time Randy Orton was really motivated is when he was with Edge. Edge brought the best out of him. But okay, so that's Raw for right now. Also, we have Asuka and Mickey going at it for the Raw women's title. We have Raw Underground and we have the Hurt Business. The Hurt Business is a good mid-card fashion. You know, Bobby Lashley, MVP, Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander. I'm wondering why MVP hasn't gotten a WWE Championship shot. Because I'm not saying that the dude is the best wrestler in the world, but he's a very good performer. And if Lashley can get a shot, and that match was all right, MVP should get a shot. And I'm loving this motivated heel, Cedric Alexander. 
because Cedric Alexander can go, okay? I've known that since Ring of Honor. I've known that since he was the CNC Wrestle Factory with Caprice Coleman. He can go, and they should be paying more attention to Cedric Alexander. You know, the long lot, the young line has been passed over too much. So anyway, that's Raw. On to NXT. NXT, Adam Cole versus Finn Balor. Finn Balor is the new NXT champion. Wow. That match was amazing. And, you know, Adam Cole, babyface turn. Is it possible? Because, you know... Adam Cole is probably the most beautiful man on the planet. Other than myself. <laughs> and, you know, is it possible that he could be more humble and more full of humility? My cocky, gorgeous Adam Cole could be turning into a good guy. And frankly, I don't know what to think. Is he going to feud with the rest of the Undisputed Era? Is he going to wrest the title back from Finn Balor? And where does Karrion Cross fit into all of this? When is Karrion Cross going to face Finn Balor? Is Finn Balor on borrowed time? And what a match between Rhea Ripley and Mercedes Martinez. I'm telling you, if you haven't watched Mercedes Martinez before, you have to be impressed. I saw her wrestle in Berwyn for 75 minutes. So I know that this girl is one of the most underrated, if not the most underrated performers in the world. And the fact that she's getting to shine at the late in the late stages of her 30s proves that everyone deserves an opportunity no matter how old they are. So I want to give a big ups to the two-time Shimmer Women's Champion and the former Shimmer Tag Team Champion with cheerleader Alyssa, Mercedes Martinez. Because that woman, you do not fuck with Mercedes Martinez. And now, on to SmackDown. Roman Reigns, ladies and gentlemen. Has turned heel. Okay. So, the indie marks get their wish. And the big dog finally turning into a bad guy with his counsel. Paul Heyman. The tribal chief wrecks everyone and leaves. And yes, I am intrigued by this. And I will tell you why I am intrigued by this. Because Paul Heyman makes everything better. You could take a sandwich, put a piece of meat on it, and then all of a sudden Paul Heyman could be in, in a sauce. And then he could make everything better. Because that's what Paul Heyman does. That is what Paul Heyman does. So... That is why I like Paul Heyman, people, because Paul Heyman makes everything better in the world. Um, so that's pretty much it. I I got distracted. I'm sorry. 
But as for Jey Uso and Roman Reigns, dude, I don't know what to think. Are the Usos finally ready to take their big crack at singles competition? Can Jey Uso hang with Roman Reigns? This is a shot, ladies and gentlemen. This is a shot for the Usos to finally prove that they can make it out as singles competitors. And I think I'm ready to see this happen. Now, do I expect this to be a five-star matchup? No. But I expect Jey Uso to be really motivated here and put on a good performance against Roman Reigns because Vince McMahon is finally like, or Triple H is finally like, okay, we'll see what's going on here. And we'll give this guy a shot. We'll see if he can go. So that is something that I'm looking forward to. And I'm also looking forward to maybe Alexa Bliss turning heel and aligning with Bray Wyatt, Sister Abigail. Is Alexa Bliss going to be Sister Abigail? I don't know, but that's the way it's looking like. But on to AEW. Maxwell Jacob Friedman is the best heel in wrestling right now. Ladies and gentlemen, this guy gets it because he has it. Charisma, attitude, intensity, the smugness. And that's what you need if you're a bad guy. You need the smugness. You need the arrogance. You need to make people want to hate you. And every time I see Maxwell Jacob Friedman on my TV, I go, what a piece of shit. What a douchebag. And that's exactly what you need to say. Okay, because as heels are the cool guys in wrestling now. Because the baby facers are the white bread good guys. To make everyone cheer and go la da 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 But a good heel gets under your skin and you just want to, like, he's a termite that you just want to get off of you. He's a mosquito. And, and that's, what, that's what Maxwell Jacob Friedman is. He's a human mosquito. And what about Dustin Rhodes, huh? What about Dustin Rhodes with the Huracarana, the, the code red, and the pile driver, I'm telling you, Dustin Rhodes has been so motivated lately to perform at the highest level. And that's because the dude is like 50 to 55. He knows his career is on the short end of the stick, and he's busting moves out that a 25-year-old Dustin Xavier would do with no regard. And Dustin is doing it. So major props going out to Dustin Rhodes, okay? That makes me want to be like Chris Jericho and drink a little bit of the bubbly, okay? So we got indie shows coming up this week. We got Zello Pro, which I may or may not be attending. But we have Matt Raywall versus Brew Baker. We have Jesus Bryce Benjamin versus Warhorse. And we have Kylie Ray 
versus the Raver. So if you have money, I would implore you to attend because Jesus Bryce is intelligent. Jesus Bryce is one of the most underrated competitors in wrestling. And I don't understand why people aren't giving him a contract. And if you know me, you know I'm kind of biased towards this guy. And I might explain that later on a future episode. Okay, so I don't know what happened there. I'm getting used to the new um, podcast system. So it kind of cut me off at the seams. But as I was saying, Jesus Bryce is one of the most underrated competitors in wrestling right now. And I don't know why any company hasn't offered him a contract. I may be biased, and I might discuss that in future episodes of, you know, the wrestling podcast with Justin Herbst. But he is the king of Midwest independent wrestling. So is Jeffrey Percival Austere. And let me tell you something. When I first saw Jeffrey Percival Austere, GPA, okay, my first thoughts were, you know, just just a corny baby face, you know. He was he was somebody that I just thought was the prototypical baby face. And at the time I was kind of, you know, training at the time. And I I saw Jeffrey and I was like, okay, you know, he's the prototypical baby face. But as time evolved, as time evolved, Jeffrey Percival Austere showed his grit. He showed his determination. He showed his penchant for pain and his ability not to give up. Okay? And when he turned heel, when he fought back against Kylie Ray, the man was just so good, so arrogant, and so self-righteous that I had to respect Jeffrey Percival Austere. Not to mention that he is a former CSW metric champion, a former freelance underground champion, a former freelance champion, a former Galley Lucha tag team champion. Okay? The man has 20 thousand accolades and as far as i can tell when midwest when midwest wrestling on the independent scene picks up jeffrey percival austere will be there because he is always there and he is always a landmark institution of the midwest indie scene right now along with his girlfriend laney luck who has turned up to prove that she is one of the best female competitors on the indie scene right now. And Lainey, I don't know you that well, but I like your work. You got a lot of energy. You got a lot of heart. You're friendly. And she's just super sweet. But so so is Jeffrey behind the curtain. What's up, Jeffrey? You know you're my guy. You know, and and I'll I'll always support you no matter what. Jeffrey Percival Austere is my guy. And I mean that from my heart no matter what. Um, so I'm gonna get 
Jimmy Desmond on the line in eight minutes. Um, so that's all I have for the wrestling industry right now. I would implore you to attend the Warrior Wrestling Show. I would implore you to attend the Zello Pro Show. And I would implore you to watch promos and learn how to communicate if you want to be a wrestler. Learn how to talk and learn how to get into character because that is the true meaning of being a wrestler. Finding a character and sticking to that character. And that's one lesson I haven't forgot. So thank you very much. I'm going to take a brief break and Jimmy Desmond will be on in seven minutes. All right, everybody, we got Jimmy Desmond on the line. How you doing, man? Justin, yeah, no, it's going real good. It's uh, an absolute pleasure to be here uh, talking with you today. And, uh, yeah, I've been looking forward to this. It was a real honor when you when you asked me. Like, yeah, I'll definitely. I get to talk to Justin for a little bit about right. some wrestling. Most definitely. Cool. Sign me up. Cool, that sounds good. Um, so why don't I get into um, – Favorite wrestler of all time? Oh, hmm. that is a, always a difficult question to ask because it uh, changes uh, quite often. I, for the longest time, my favorite good guy or, or baby face, if you will, was Ricky the Dragon. And uh, that uh, was he was a childhood favorite. I always really enjoyed his uh, matches, especially, you know, as uh, I was probably seven years old when I saw yeah. uh, Randy Savage versus Ricky the Dragon from WrestleMania three, and wow. really just absolutely loving that match. And then, you, you know, you uh, learn more about it and how they really uh, put the match together, ABC, like the whole thing was planned out from, you know, move to move and how much they practiced it. Yeah. And it was it's kind of similar to the way I handled uh, school, you know, just with the way, you know, if there was a project that I really wanted to be good, I would, you know, uh, you know, practice. Okay, this is A, this is B, this is C. Okay, well, if I if I start at F, I got to go to the end. Well, what if I started at point S and I got to go all the way to Z? And I understand that's how they put that match together. And um, I know that's not the uh, question that you asked, and I'll uh, we'll get back to it, but yeah, Ricky the Dragon was uh, always my favorite growing up, and my favorite bad guy was uh, Ted DiBiase at the time. He was uh, one somebody who uh, my brother and I just thought he was so funny in the ring. <laughs> would, when he would like miss a back elbow off the second rope, but then continue to flip through, we just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> at the same time, they, all the uh, you know, all the vignettes, all the videos they did of him, you know, getting kids kicked out of swimming pools and kicking the basketball under the kid's hand after offering him money if he could bounce the ball ten yeah. times. And we just thought, like, uh, you know, at that, you know, my brother and I were old enough to know, okay, hey, uh, everybody's in on this. It's all, uh, you know, it's a skit, it's a video, it's a, it's a TV show. Yeah. But we just thought it was instead of being like, oh, that that, that dirty guy, like, hey, you know what? That's that's like, we thought it was funny. I thought he was hilarious. Yeah. So, and then anybody who was associated with uh, Bobby Heenan, and I know uh, Ted DiBiase wasn't directly linked with Bobby Heenan, but with the um, when Ted DiBiase won the world title from uh, well from Andre the Giant because yeah, he Giant, bought it, right? Yeah, exactly. He bought the title. Um, Shit. 
everything that was associated with Bobby Heenan, we grew up too. So I know that you didn't ask the question in favor of manager, but uh, yeah, Bobby Heenan, that was, that, that's an easy question. I think uh, a lot of people think Bobby Heenan's their favorite. Favorite manager. And that's something yeah. I want to talk about manager-wise. Um, that's a dying breed now because I trained to be a manager. Um, that's right, yeah. So, so why, why do you think like the manager is such a dying breed in wrestling nowadays? Yeah, I, the reason I think that, and I, I don't know if this is the case, it's just my personal personal thought on it, is there is so much pressure on wrestlers today to be a good promo. You can't just be a good wrestler. And that's yeah. why, you know, back in the 80s, you know, you had all so many managers. Guys, it didn't matter if they had this amazing presence, but they couldn't talk. You gave them a manager. No yeah. trouble. If, you, if you're the warlord or Hercules and you look like a million bucks, you look incredible, yeah. then you can have, you, you look scary. You yeah. look like you can really, really tear somebody apart, but you can't talk. It doesn't matter. You get yourself a manager and it, it was fine. And today, most you know wrestlers, if you're if you make it to television, you're a halfway decent promo. Yeah. Uh, you know, the exception you can think of, I think Brock Lesnar would be the first to admit, you know, he opens his mouth. He's not much to listen to. But he's this incredible presence in the ring. He's yeah. huge, and he's uh, and he's a phenomenal, you know, wrestler. You know, he looks like he would just absolutely destroy somebody yeah. in the ring. But but uh, and you want him on TV, and it, but it doesn't matter that he can't talk. Put Heyman with him. Boom, hey, you got somebody to work with. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's the reason I think. I think it's because there's so much importance to be. Uh, a good promo that uh, that wrestlers they they just they they are they're forced to focus on it. Yeah. Forced to get at promos. So um, yeah. so yeah, that's why I think that there's uh, a dying breed in manager. And then you had that period of time in the '90s where instead of having a, a guy manager, you had like a pretty girl with you. And I think that uh, I think that was and there was uh, it was like there was a period of time in the late '90s, early 2000s where half the roster you know had had just a piece of eye candy with them and i don't feel bad saying that because you know uh, at that during that time period that's what it was thankfully over yeah. time uh ladies have um gotten a more uh, at least in my in my, in my thought a yeah. much more respectable position in wrestling and now yeah. um yeah you can be you still can be pretty and but be a phenomenal athlete and an awesome wrestler and put on uh put on incredible believable matches at the same time yeah but, uh, but yeah that's uh I think I'm flowing away from the, oh, how come there's, yeah, no managers today? But I, yeah, for all those reasons, Justin, I think that's the, that's the reason. But I still think there's a value in there being at least one or two people in, uh, in any wrestling organization who can, uh, you know, whose job it is to make the wrestlers look more, good. Uh, yeah. Look good. Look even better yeah. than they are. Because presentation's yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. That is it. And, uh, and shout out to the wrestlers that need a manager. I might be calling yeah. you soon in the future. Um, but there you go. I love it. Any, yeah. Anyway, um, I want to get into the Midwest Indies because I know you're around the Indies a lot, um, specifically like Freelance Underground, Freelance, AAW. Do you have a favorite promotion that you work for, a favorite wrestler that you watch there? Uh, that's t- you said favorite promotion to work for, and that's apples and oranges right there. Each place has has uh, like a different feel, has a different uh, you know set of got set of um, 
set of wrestlers, men and women, that, that you get to be around. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, each place has its strong points, and each place has, you know, I hear the, uh, you know, the fans, um, you know, I, I don't appreciate this about this place, but I really like this about this place. Yeah. So, yeah, to say a favorite is, is tough. I If I had to absolutely give an answer, I mean, I've been with AAW the longest, so I do feel, I won't, uh, I'll, so I'll say if I had a home promotion that um, I would, uh, Give that to AEW. Yeah. I've been with them since uh, August of August first, two thousand five was my first show. Wow! Exactly. Yeah, back in the Ruin Eagles Club, and really? I haven't looked back. Yeah, it's been that long that I've uh, been with them. So yeah, we're talking in. in I know the, this, uh, this year, twenty twenty, has an asterisk because I haven't been on an AEW show since <laughs> since February. No, actually, since January Holy. was my because I missed the February one, and then the March show got canceled. And they haven't had one since, but I understand they are back at the Berwyn Eagles Club on Thursday, October one. Oh, so yeah, look, looking forward to that. Yeah, going to throw that, going to throw that plug in for AEW Pro Online. Look out and get to, to be in the show because it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be a COVID regulated, mask mandated. So make sure, yeah, if you're trying to be at the uh, at 115 Bourbon Street in Marionette Park, Illinois, on Thursday, October one. Better look at AEW Pro to figure out is this going to be a limited audience? They're gonna they're gonna keep everybody safe. Oh man! Well, I want to talk about something in terms of like AEW, the AEW yeah. exclusive contract, right? You had Ethan Page kind of shitting over Twitter about that. Uh, what's your stance on that? Because I I don't necessarily agree with that, but do you agree with it? Are you are you with that? Or are you against it? What's your idea on that? Well, what I have heard, and if this is tough to argue against, is AEW wants to have a unique presentation. And they want, you know, it, from a marketing standpoint, you want to offer up a product that nobody else, that, that you can't get anywhere else in the Chicago area. So I can understand AEW wanting to have a roster that only, that you have to go there in order to see, in order to see those performers, so I, I understand AEW's um, stance on it. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, that's 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 the gist of everything. Um, but let's let's talk about some other things. Let's let's yeah. talk about let's talk about my boy Pat Monix. Okay. When Pat Monix yeah. went down, Pat when Pat Monix went down, and the concussions and everything. What were your thoughts on my young dude going down? And what do you think the whole indie thoughts are? Like, how do you feel about that? I mean, it's, I'm, I was sorry to hear it because uh, Pat had a uh, Monix Project Monix had a ton of promise. Yeah. And was getting a real nice buzz. You know, I, um, I remember him uh, before he even had his first match and showing up at uh, Freelance Underground uh, shows and uh, – <laughs> Being there to help out with, yeah. you know, he was on the ring crew, and he just see with for me, and what uh, leaves an impression on me. Pat always had left. Uh, Pat was always like, "Wow, he left you thinking, wow, what a nice guy, yeah, what a, ple what a pleasant guy to be around." He stood out. Yeah. Not that the other trainees were nice people, but it seemed like Pat really, uh, maybe not heads and shoulders above, just because the other trainees. They're a freelance underground. Also, you know, had had a lot of uh, passion in their hearts. Thank you. But Pat, but Pat did stand out to me, 
as um, somebody who went really went out of their way to say hi to you know just uh, those little simple things, saying hi to people, holding a conversation, um, you know, uh, ready and willing to help out. I remember I uh, on uh, Pat, I think might have been looking to uh, get some more matches with. Uh, with the aforementioned AAW, I remember him going all the way to uh, one of AAW's LaSalle shows just to help out and to you know get his face in there, get get some face time with uh, you know with, with management to, so they could see him helping out, working around, uh, given uh, showing showing everybody, hey, I'm here to work. I'm uh, and I've got I'm, and I'm pleasant to be around. I've, I've got a great attitude yeah. and had a good look. You know, Pat's in phenomenal shape. Um, and I, I, well, I haven't seen Pat in months, but I assume he's still in, still in great shape. Yeah. But, and, uh, the concern, um, I had heard about Pat, uh, as far as, um, uh, really taking off was, is he, um, Chicago, does he only work in Chicago? Does he only work because he's that hometown, like me, baby face, hometown hero? Yeah. Um, if you go somewhere else now, I haven't seen uh, Pat wrestle anywhere else, and I'm not sure if uh, maybe I might uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. I know I uh, Pat wrestle in Milwaukee for uh, for Zello Pro, uh, which I, yeah, I need to make sure I mention Zello Pro <laughs> in the list of promotions. I think I missed them earlier, but. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, the rece- I remember Pat getting a decent reception there, but um, but I haven't seen him you know anywhere else, and that's you know to me only being the local local guy. Um, you know, I just stick around just the general area. Yeah. But when I heard, but back to your question, Johnson, Justin, when I heard that uh, Pat needed to step away, my first reaction was, this is a guy who loves this, and this is something he does not want to do there's no way this is something that he wants to do but he knows that he has to if he wants to um have a long-term quality of life you don't want to yeah. um you know break your body down destroy your and, and destroy uh your your head you know yeah. up above your shoulders is is the most important part of, of you so um i uh would suggest that pat made the right decision and when he and um, I assume his doctors as well. If they are, if Pat's feeling like he's, I'm sure he's itching to get back. But if he's feeling like his body and his head is um, in it and is raring to go, and his doctors agree, then I'm hoping that that day uh, comes comes soon, and that we do see Pat Monix in the ring. If I'm a betting man, I assume, um, if not right away, I I'm willing to bet this soon that. Uh, uh, We'll, we'll see Pat Monix. We'll see Project Monix in a, in a Chicago area uh, wrestling ring again. But go, um, you know, Pat might hear this and, and shake his head. I, not anytime soon, Jim. That I that that's a possibility. But well, I certainly miss him. And of course, being uh, having done one, I've only been on one show uh, since uh, since uh, uh, the quarantine began. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of wrestlers that I miss, needless to say. But uh, Pat, I imagine, I, I think we'll see him back. All right, all right. Well, I'm I'm gonna hold my buddy to that, you know. And I definitely miss him too, you know. I definitely miss. Him. I wanted to give him a pop a wheelie on the back of my wheelchair, but that never happened. Um, yeah, that was always one of my favorite parts of uh, Pat Maddox uh, coming out and you know wrestling for either freelance underground or solo pro is uh, getting the ride mm-hmm. for Justin. Thank you, man. Well, in terms of like most underrated competitor on the Midwest indie scene, 
that people don't know about. Shout me out a name and tell me why they're underrated. Oh, that is uh, that's that's tough. Um, the first name that comes to mind immediately is uh, is Paco. Uh, with I've only I've only seen Paco with AEW. Yeah. But um, this is somebody who has I mean he has small in stature, great athlete, but the ability to capture the imagination of the audience to capture the um the, the hearts of the audience to the way he got people rooting for him i remember uh back at the berwin eagles club for aaw matches against justice jones where you're like well, okay it makes sense for justin to kill this guy but they would because just because of the size difference but uh, paco would show these hints of these little flashes of holy cow paco's gonna win this oh my goodness paco's gonna win this but, and, Jones would win the match, but there was that respect of, you know what, if they go again, Paco's going to win next time. I bet you Paco, if he just if he can just get some sort of flash roll-up, maybe a victory roll or a crucifix, yeah. he can just put all this leverage and weight on Justice, and I bet you he can keep him down for three seconds. I know he can. And that's, because, uh, I mean, I'm watching the these matches as a ring announcer. Uh, my favorite matches are when I can get lost in what I'm seeing and become a fan. Yeah, and I feel like I'm working the show. Like, hey, I'm getting to watch the show, not working the show. And uh, those are my favorite matches. And yeah. Paco does that for me consistently with his matches. So that's um, – there's a lot of uh, underdogs. I'm going to mention uh, – I'm going to give another name. But, uh, yeah, Paco's my first answer. Justin, to your question, another – I'm not sure if I consider this guy a, an underdog underdog, but somebody whom I first saw and thought nothing of. Like, oh, this guy's – uh, this guy's nobody. Why are they bring this guy? But then I saw. But then the bell rang, and I just saw him fly. Was uh, Cole Radrick of um, both? I've seen him in both Zello Pro and Freelance Underground. Oh. He's out of Indianapolis. Uh, he trained at the same place that uh, that Ruby Riot, uh, Heidi Loveless trained. At. Is that is that the Billy Rock thing? The Billy Rock yeah, place? Yeah, that, that's exactly, yeah. That, that's the that's the school. And I, yeah. when I first saw him, he was. Uh, Cole, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, was very a very unassuming uh, person. You know, you see him, you don't necessarily think, oh, this guy's going to go out and kill anybody. This guy's not going to, you know, it doesn't look like he's going to have this phenomenal athletic match. But then the bell rings, and he's on fire. And he just moves, and he's so fast, and he's so deliberate in his moves. Like, okay, I'm having a lot of fun watching this guy. And I did not expect it. So I guess... It's a different definition of an underdog where I he was a sleeper for me, and I don't mean a sleeper wrap your uh, arm around the neck and yeah. the guy, knock the guy out to win a wrestling match. Yeah. I mean like a sleeper hit. I had, I did not expect this, yeah. and now here's this guy flying around the ring with so much speed. He right he reminded me of the first time I ever saw Sammy Callahan wrestle, and I um. uh, granted now Sammy looks like a killer. <laughs> I did not expect Sammy to be so fast in the ring, and he had just so much boom, so much explosive, just explosive. Yeah. Hit so hard, and he, and he, but he took what he dished out, and um, so yeah, that's. Uh, um, I would not put Sammy Callahan in the underdog category at all, but um, but the way uh, Cole Radrick exploded. Uh, the first time I ever saw him reminded me, it harkened me back to the first time I ever saw Sammy Callahan wrestle. Wow. You know, and Sammy reminds me of a young Mick Foley, and even he admitted that he stole the pulling pile driver from Mick Foley. Uh, but, 
You know, that's the thing. And and I want to pull out another name that I think is really underrated. Storm yeah. Grayson. I oh, think yes. Storm Grayson is severely underrated. And maybe that's because I trained with him and I watched the seven fucking years promo. And I'm like, this is going to be Storm's year. And then COVID hit. And then yeah. I'm like, damn. Fuck. Because he had a great match against Cole Roderick at the last Zello Pro Show. So... Yeah. That was the best match on the card. And so good matches on that card. But that was definitely a highlight. That was that was a good one. So so do you think twenty twenty could be Storm's breakout year? Do you think that's possible? I think he's in a really good spot. It's gonna be difficult for Cole to excuse me, excuse me, it's gonna be difficult for Storm Grayson to stand out because he is in a group. That's uh, this Blackheart Battalion. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, I'm associating him with what he's doing in Solo Pro. Um, he's uh, it's going to be difficult for him to break out because he's got very experienced partners in Nick Brubaker and in Jason Hades. Yeah. So that's going to be tough. It's uh, Storm in Solo Pro has got a tough position, but wherever else he wrestles, I would agree that he has he has all the potential in the world. He's got the height. He's yeah. got the look. I mean. I, I told him point blank to his face when he stopped being Ray Fury and he ripped, he got rid of the mask. Thank goodness you got rid of that mask. The ladies must love you. Yeah, he's he's a handsome, handsome man. He is a hey, handsome looking guy. I don't know if he's still with the same girl or not, but yeah, if that's any indication, hey, yeah, you're doing all right, brother. But uh, let's see. Uh, but no, I, mean, he's, I saw. When he first came back from injury, understandably, he had lost um, a little bit of his uh, definition. But coming, but the match that I, well, I'm talking about his physique. Uh, but yeah. the match that I, uh, the match that you referenced, uh, just in the September, uh, no, excuse me, the uh, the Zello Pro Return yeah. Show in August, their third anniversary show yeah. at Joe's uh, in Chicago. Um, he looked like he had really stepped it up in the gym. He, his physique had pretty much returned. Yeah. And, and I'm thankful that he dropped the green kid name. He, <laughs> he jokingly said, hey, Jim, no more green kid. I just kind of looked at him. Thank goodness, because you're not you're not brand new. Yeah. You, you yeah. call somebody a green, a green kid, okay, I get the joke because you're wearing green tights and you got the green hair. But you say that in wrestling, you're basically saying, hey, this guy's new. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> that's um, true. But uh, that's not the case yeah. with Storm. The guy, has, he's been around a little bit. He knows how to, knows yeah. how to go out have a good match yeah that's true that's true well you know my time's almost running out so um before i go give me one thing you want to happen in 2020 other than wrestling coming back to the full um gear oh man what i would love that's a tough question just yeah what i would love happened in 2020 and i want to keep the my answer wrestling related either and i'm going to filibuster just a little bit while i think while i try to think of an answer because i definitely want yeah wrestling to come back in full force i want it to come back uh but yeah i do want it to be as you know safe for everybody i would love to have a full crowd but um um yeah to be around because you know you're most passionate fans, which I'm kind of hesitant to say, but the, the fans that are going to come to these mask mandated shows, these social distance shows, are fans who absolutely 100% miss wrestling and want to be there. Yeah. So there's good there, and they're going to be faces that you know, whose names you know, and who 
people who you miss and you recognize and then to be around the wrestlers again and uh I'm, i certainly miss all that and i have filibustered this whole time i'm totally dancing around your question here justin what do i want to see wrestling wise in 2020 except for the obvious hey let, let's just have uh, wrestling come back and i would like to be inter- just interested in what's going on on tv again i'm having i'm <laughs> always uh, i've been super behind on television i thought payback was a really good show and um so i'm hoping maybe that'll inspire me to watch uh watch more wwe yeah. indie wise what do i want i would love you know what i would like to and this is a personal thing i would like to i um i have enjoyed and Zello is really the only place where I've had this shot to have multiple hats on one show. You know, you know with, uh, with when I work with Freelance Underground, I um, I am doing play-by-play commentary, and I absolutely I enjoy it very much. I uh, would not mind the opportunity of maybe uh, doing. Now, granted, I'm not going to ask to do ring announcing with Freelance Underground because Kirby does such a great job. Yeah, and, but uh, with um, and I love Kirby very much. He's a great guy, great ring announcer with a very unique presentation. Absolutely phenomenal. And um, like with backstage interviews, for example, like uh, Val Capone, who does a phenomenal job for Freelance Underground with the backstage interviews, uh, she's not always available. So if they need somebody to do that, I would be happy to step up and wear another hat for uh for multiple uh, and that doesn't just go for freelance underground you know for aew I w- i've only done one backstage interview for aew and this was back in the bruin eagles club days and it was with uh truth martini and nate madison and i had a fun job doing it and it took i mean it was you know i i, had, I just had the one question to ask and that was it and then they were off doing their thing but uh, that's something i would uh, like to get uh, get more into play that mean gene role because uh i've Absolutely adore doing ring announcing. Yeah. Love doing the play-by-play commentary. But to uh, get into some more backstage interview, maybe help uh, get some experience with leading an interview and uh, pulling um, pulling uh, some good stories out of the, out of the performers. Yeah. And that's something that I would like to uh, get into uh, in 2020. But um, yeah, as far as the wrestling business as a as a whole, um, yeah, man, just to see you know what to see some roster. Uh, some roster shuffle ups to see guys who um, I always love it when there are uh, you know because I don't besides the Chicago Indies the Chicago and specifically just the ones that I am with and the ones that I uh, have the and that I'm fortunate enough to uh, be able to uh, offer any sort of service to I um, I would love to see I always love it when some I can. Uh, an indie sensation that I've never heard of because I'm in my own little Chicago bubble um, that I've never heard of shows up. And uh, AAW is a good example of somebody, uh, of a promotion who is bringing in outside talent that other parts of the nation are familiar with. And the, the dedicated fan base, they know who they are, but I don't know who they are. And so when a, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think now that I'm going to be stuck on an example, but, um, you know, when you have, uh, at the, of course, I'm thinking years ago, when you have this undiscovered uh, talent at the time, like a Sammy Callahan comes in and tears the roof off the place in his first time in, and I, you know, it's my first time seeing, I always get especially excited for that. Wow, I saw that guy for the first yeah. time tonight, and I'm 
I, I can't wait to see that person uh, more. And yeah, I'm not going to limit it to just the guys because I mean, the first time I ever saw uh, Kylie Ray and the way the crowd responded to her, like yeah. everybody in this building knows who this is except me. Yeah, so I'm, I'm seeing this performer for the first time, and it's uh, it's a happening. And I'm part of it. Yeah, and that's the thing about Kylie Ray is that she doesn't know how good she is and how many people love her, yet every time she comes out to the ring, she gets a lot of cheers and a lot of support and a lot of love because she just naturally loves the business. Yeah, and, and it, it shows. It shows. It shines through in her presentation. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And she's my little baby sister. If anything happens to Kylie Ray, I'm going to run anybody over and you could quote me on that i believe that in a heartbeat you go get all right well thank you so much for the interview you gave me a lot of quality material and everybody just thank jim desmond for wearing many hats and i hope you get to wear that that gene oakland hat whenever you walk i hope so one of these days and yeah there's no pressure i'm not saying like if i don't get to do this i'm just gonna walk out no that's not mm -hmm. that, that's just putting a bug in the all right, well, thank you, man. I hope you have a good rest of your day. Yeah, Justin, you enjoy the rest of your day. Hope you enjoy the rest of your uh, weekend. Hope uh, you enjoy watching the, the Chicago Bears tomorrow. And, and I'm uh, just looking to get a clean house. That's all I'm worried about right now. I'm looking forward to uh, Thursday, September 17th at Joe's on Wheat Street in Chicago. <laughs> as it will be, as it will be, the Filth King. Brubaker taking on the Drama King, Matt Raywalt, in his first independent wrestling performance since parting ways with WWE. Once again, Thursday, September 17, Joe's live at Weed Street in Chicago, solo pro wrestling. Oh my goodness. And Maddie is going to love that shit. And we'll talk more about his first indie match at IWA himself for Ian Rotten that I brought him to, by the way. Thank you very much. Well, we'll talk about that later. Um, maybe another show. Have a great day, though, man. I appreciate you so much. Yeah, yeah, Justin. I really, it's always a pleasure getting to see you, see you out at the matches, and I really appreciate you asking me to be on here. I had a wonderful time talking with you. Thank you, brother. You have a great day. All right, take her easy. You too. Yeah, that's good.